Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Move forward uh, with our gathering today. Uh, it's good to see all of you. Man, you guys were singing loud today. That was so good. Um, I love I love hearing um, our our church family just um, just have an intimate moment with God. It's so cool to just uh, hear you guys singing and have those that, that time with the Lord. It's awesome. So uh, we are today. We're wrapping up our uh, message series that we have been going through um, for the last couple of weeks called Coming Clean. Uh, this series has really been all about creating a spiritual focus in our lives. You know, we had this rest initiative that's going on, and um, we'll be wrapping that up. Uh, I think Sunday is actually the last day of that. Um, and really, it's so that we can focus spiritually so that we can experience God's uh, plan for our lives in, in the fullest sense, that we can experience His, perf- his per- sorry, purpose for our lives as well as his protection. You know, we know that being in his presence is really the place that we need to be. And, uh, and so this series is really all about coming clean. It's about what does it take to experience God in our lives in that sense in a daily basis and see him work in our lives. So the first week, just as a recap, uh, the message was called the, the mountaintop. And so our anchor message uh, verse for this, this series has been right out of Psalm 24 that says, "'Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord?' Who may stand in his holy place? Like, who has the right to be in God's presence? Well, obviously, we know because of Jesus Christ that we have uh, his, his blood covers us and that we're part of his family. But it says, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. So, in other words, if you want to experience God's best for your life, we have to make an effort towards, you know, being clean before him. And so the message uh, idea of that week was the path to God's presence begins with purity, making choices in our lives our, for our hopes, right? And our dreams, our opportunities, even the challenges and the struggles. Seeing God work in those areas um, starts with clean hands, a pure heart, and a willing spirit. Well, then last week we talked about uh, what it means to be to deep clean, right? With this idea of, okay, so if we need to be clean, Uh, before God, how do we do that? And the big idea of last week is that God does not demand perfection, but he desires effort. He wants us to make an effort to to be clean in our lives. Um, And really last week was about facing the things that hold us back, taking a look inside to see what are the things, the areas that have, uh, have been holding us back from being clean in his presence. And that could be areas of compromise in our life could be areas of complacency in our lives, but it also can be outright rebellion. And every one of us will struggle in all three of those areas at some point in our life. And so we, the, the way to have that deep clean was to remember, remember what we've been called to, remember what God has done for us, how we, what it was like when we were completely clean, to repent of any of those areas in our lives that we do need to clean out, and then to repeat that cycle over and over again so that we can come before Him. Uh, clean every day of our lives. Well, this week we're going to finish our message series, and uh, we actually are going to do something a little bit different, a little bit at the end, but uh, we'll start off with um, just some thoughts that I have. But this week is called Renovated for Use. Renovated for Use. And so there's another reason to be clean. Um, not just It's not just for us. Like week one and week two, it was about God's best, right? His plan, his perfection, his protection, his purpose in our lives. And we want to experience those in our lives. But the reality is that God is always concerned, not just for me, but he's concerned for all of us. 
We see it over and over and over again in Scripture that God is concerned for all of us, the entire world. It's His desire that everyone would be saved. It's His desire that all would come to the knowledge of who He is. And the Bible tells us that He is in the process of restoring all things. The, the overarching story of Scripture is that, is that God has sent Jesus Christ ultimately to restore us, and then we know that He's coming again, and when He returns, He's going to make all things right. He's in the process of restoring. The kingdom of God is about restoration of lives, one life at a time, until ultimately all are, uh, are, are restored, all things, including creation, are restored. And this is a huge theme throughout scripture. Well, today what I want to do is I'm going to examine a really big concept and talk about what it means. It's this word called holiness. How many of you have heard the word holy? I mean, probably everybody in the room, right? Holiness. Well, holiness is a word that um, is thrown around in a lot of circles and probably means a lot of things to different people. Um, and so what I wanted to do is talk about it a little bit. And it comes out of this verse. It's, it's all over the Old Testament, but there's a particular verse in Leviticus chapter 20 And it's verses uh, 7 and 8, and then in verse 26. Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8, and then 26. And it's actually all over the place, but this particular verse really hits what 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 we're getting at today. This is what God says to his people. He's talking to the people of Israel, and he's he's saying, this is what I want for you. In Leviticus 20, verse 7, he says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God, Keep my statutes and do them. Kind of like coming clean, right? Like here's what I, the standard I've set for you, right? And I am the Lord who sets you apart. Let me read that again. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sets you apart. And then you scroll scroll down or skip down to verse 26. And he says this, you are to be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. And I have, here it is again, set you apart from the nations to be mine. So all throughout the Old Testament, particularly in like the law, in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers, when God is talking directly to his people and the expectations that he has for them, right? And he says, be holy. I am holy. Be holy because I'm holy. Follow my statutes. I am the Lord who sets you apart. I have set you apart. Holiness. And then we see like, you know, in churches all over uh, America, particularly more traditional churches, the churches that I grew up in all the time talked about being holy, like being set apart. But what does this word holy mean? And what does it have to do with us coming clean? This idea of coming clean before God, pure, uh, with, with clean hands and a pure heart. Well, the word holy, I looked it up and was looking into like doing a word study. And this is really what it means. Because I think we think the word holy kind of means like, like perfect or um, like reverent or whatever. But here, here are actually the words what holy means. It means set apart, like separated from something. It means something that is sacred. But it also means singled out, unique and pure. Something that is dedicated. Something that is consecrated by purification. Something that is devoted for divine use. Devoted for divine use. It's singled out. It's unique and pure. And so what does that look like uh, for us? So like if God is saying, I want you to be holy because I'm holy, he's saying like, I want you to be set apart. I want you to be unique. I want you to be set apart for divine use. I want you to come clean before me, but not just so that you can be clean in my presence, but that you can be walking through your life every day, being different, being unique, being sacred and ready for use. 
And there were these guys uh, in the Old Testament called Nazarites. And have you ever heard Nazarites, the Nazarite vow? You probably have heard of Samson. How many of you have heard of Samson? So Samson was a guy who was born and took the Nazarite vow. Now a Nazarite vow, I'm only bringing it up here because it's an example of, of someone trying to live out a very specific way of being holy. So the Nazarites, what they would do is they would say, I'm going to set myself apart for you, God, and for your use. And with that, they would not drink any alcohol for their entire time that they're in that vow period. They wouldn't cut their hair and they were not allowed to touch any dead things. Now that's Samson. If you know the story of Samson, Samson never drank any alcohol. He had this really long hair and would never cut it. And he also wasn't supposed to touch dead things, although he did a lot. Um, and so, but Samson was a Nazarite and because he was a Nazarite, the, the Bible paints this picture that God used him powerfully as an example of one who would judge other nations, right? So now granted, Samson's story is definitely a story of pride and a story of failure in a lot of those senses. So we're, we're going to stop the, the metaphor at that space. But the idea of the Nazarite is the concept of saying, God, I want to be set apart for your use. I want to, I, I recognize that to ascend the holy mountain, the one who can stand in your presence is the one who is clean hands, a pure heart and a willing spirit. And to be set apart, God says to be holy for I am holy. Follow my statutes means to be set apart. It means to be unique and to be sacred and consecrated. Consecrated is another word that means set apart for purification, right? Like we're purifying ourselves for divine use. And so that's why this message is called renovated for use. Like when you, when you renovate a house and you want to sell it uh, either for yourself or if you want to, or you want to buy a new house, when you renovate the house, what do you do? You remove the useless parts, the damaged materials, the faulty things in the house, dangerous things. If somebody goes into a community and wants to flip a house, right? The first thing they're going to do is they're going to clean out the things in that house that are, that are damaged, things that are rotten, things that are dirty, things that need removed. And then they clean it up, right? They do a deep clean. They, they clean the walls. They clean the floors. They clean the grime out of like the, 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 the cracks and the corners and the, like the places that are hard to get to. And then they begin to replace it with new materials and with new pieces. They begin to upgrade and renovate spaces. Why? To make it ready for use. If a house was condemned because it has holes in the floors and there's foundational issues and all those kinds of things, what happens is, is that in order for someone to live there, before the city will say it's ready for use, they have to fix it. And then they replace it and then it becomes ready for use. Well, this is exactly what God does for us. Some of us have really, when we first came to Christ, we have faulty foundations. We have areas of our lives that are broken or busted. We've lived through abusive situations and maybe there's holes in our walls. I love um, the rapper NF. He, he sings this song called Mansions, where inside, I think it's, it's called Mansions, where inside this song, he's talking about various rooms in his mind that he's locked away, that each of those rooms represents pain in his life. Some of us in the room have allowed God to enter all those rooms and clean them, but most of us probably have at least one or two rooms where there are spaces that we're not ready or we feel like we're afraid to let God into. But this concept of renovation that God wants to do for us is he wants to open the doors. He wants to remove the pieces that are broken, faulty, you know, damaged, rotten, and he wants to clean them and replace them. And as he does, he wants to then create a space that is usable. But why? 
Why does he want to do that for us? Well, let's look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. And I love this. This is like, I love when I find passages of Scripture that actually fit perfectly even with the metaphor. Check this out. 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also those of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. So, if anyone purifies himself from anything dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And what does this say? I mean, this is exactly the idea of like the fulfillment of what we see in Leviticus, right? Be holy. I am the Lord who sets you apart. I want you to come clean in my presence. Be holy, follow my statutes. And then he says in Timothy, if anyone who does that, anyone who does come clean, anyone who does purify himself, who renovates, who allows the Holy Spirit to renovate the house of his heart, he will be a special instrument set apart and useful to the master. Now, here's what I would say. Jesus would have died for just you. If you were the only one, Scripture points out and makes it clear that he would have died for just you. But he came for all of us. He came for all of us. He would have done it for you or even just us in the room, but he came for all of us. And he calls us to be clean and holy like he is holy so that we can participate in his plan to save as many as possible. And so what I want to do now is I want to watch a video um, from the, this group called The Bible Project. They're fantastic. I highly recommend that you um, maybe look at some of their videos. Um, the Bible Project created these like short videos for each book of the Bible and some really important overarching themes. And then they make these videos that kind of show you how the Bible is telling one consistent story. And they have a video that we're going to watch. It's about six minutes long, and it's about holiness, this concept of how God is holy himself, and he doesn't just call us to be holy just so that we can be with him and stand on the mountain. It actually involves his plan to, uh, to heal the whole world. So I want to just take a moment and uh, pull up this video and we'll watch it together. And then, uh, and then we'll finish up here in just a second. Um, I just think that was such a cool video that um, really explains, I think puts it all into perspective. Um, this idea, right, of coming clean before God, the picture of the, of the Bible, like the scripture teaches and shows us that like God cares about all of us and he wants all of humanity to be restored and to find healing. And so, um, you know, first he comes and he gives us the ability to stand in his presence, right? The path to God's presence begins with purity. And at first we're given purity, we're made righteous because we receive the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ from his death and resurrection, right? That's what the gospel begins with. But then from that place, God doesn't demand perfection. He asks for effort. He wants us to choose in our lives to do the things that are going to uh, keep us as close to him and proximity to him as possible, knowing that we're going to fail. Like that's what the grace of the gospel is for. Like we couldn't uphold the law. It's impossible to do that. So Jesus came to, to fill in those gaps. But ultimately, this is really not just about us. We come clean before God 
so that others can meet God. And I love that video because the video really paints this picture that Jesus took everything. It used to be, like he said, that, that if you touch something unclean, you were now disqualified. But now God has given us a perpetual cleaning system, if you will. And now when we go into the world and our relationships and the, um, the, the places that we work and the way that we pay our bills and the, just the way that we interact, when we do it together with God, it has a purifying effect on the world around us. I love that, that in the video where it was showing the stream flowing out of the temple and wherever the stream went, all the trees were popping up, right? So in the middle of a desert, there were these oases. Imagine for a second that that's each one of us. That's the idea, is that we are the temple of God because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, each one of us. So as we go about our day on the bus, you know, when we're sitting on our desk, imagine an oasis growing in the desert around you because of the presence of God radiating out of your life, the holiness of God. Now, if you choose in your life, if I choose in my life to, while the presence of God is there, to, you know, start like dirtying myself up with other types of things that are not God's best or desire for our life, well, then that shine is going to you know, is going to be covered, right? It's like soot on the windows of a house or, you know, like curtains being closed, like it doesn't radiate out as well. And so the idea of this message today, the concept here ultimately is that we come clean before God so that others can meet God. If we want our friends and we want our, our coworkers and our neighbors to know Jesus, to meet him, to experience him, then We should let them see that light. That's why Jesus says, let your light shine before men, right? Let it, let it radiate out. And the things that we do are like, like seeds that are, you know, planting, uh, you know, like a garden around us every day. Let's tend that garden. Let's allow, you know, the, the sunlight of God's holiness in our lives to come out in those spaces. Let's be kind to our neighbors, to our coworkers, right? Let's allow God to be generous with our finances. You know, maybe we hear a, a coworker who says, you know, oh man, I forgot my lunch today and I have money. Perhaps I could say, hey, you know, let me buy you lunch today. That's a way, you know, that's just a simple way. It could be like with my coworker at work. I, re- I re- uh, found out that her mom was in the hospital and I'm perpetually kind of like periodically asking her, how's your mom doing following up? Because I'm tending that relationship to, you know, build that, that rapport with her, you know. And then one day an opportunity might come for me to actually say something about Jesus, perhaps. But the idea is, is like this video shows for each of us as we go about our day to allow the holiness of God to radiate out of us so that others can meet him. Um, well, that's, that's this message for, for, the, for today and as well as the, the series. Um, let's pray and uh, just kind of close this time out. Father, I um, just thank you for the unified message of your word. Um, it's powerful. Um, it's beautiful, you know, that... Uh, we don't deserve your love um, or your grace and forgiveness, but you give it to us because you love us, because that's who you are. Um, I thank you for a story over and over and over again in Scripture that talks about how you have um, made a way for us to find healing and freedom. And now, now we also turn to the understanding, the responsibility, the expectation that you have for us, that each one of us would participate with you in shining your light, your holiness, radiating your holiness in the, in the, the circle around us. Um, God, let us be aware that that is what is happening one way or another. Either, we're, either the way we live our life is hiding it 
or the way we're living our life, the way we choose to live our lives is allowing it to shine and we're looking for opportunities to tend that garden so that, so that wherever we are, whether at work or at home or any of these places that they are like oasis is growing in the desert, places that people will want to come to and find peace and rest and that's what you offer. You offer those things for our souls. I pray that each one of us as we um, walk out of here today would, um, would just be mindful of it, that, that you would remind us of it, that it would, this would stick in it like this video did for me. It really brought things into perspective, and I pray that it would for others in the room today. God, as we move through this year, uh, I pray that this message series of standing in your holy mountain, who may ascend it, God, that you would help us to know that we have to make choices every day about um, how to have clean hands and pure hearts, and we ask for a willing spirit. God, help us to be willing, even when um, we feel like doing other things. Give us a willing spirit so that we will choose to stand in your presence and to experience um, your plan and your protection, your purpose in our lives and our opportunities and our dreams and hopes and our struggles and challenges. We give you this year. Uh, We love you and thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.